Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Yvette Unplugged. All right, y'all, I am here. You guys know every episode we have a Woman Crush Wednesday because these episodes are on Wednesdays. Happy hump day, y'all. Um, and so today's Woman Crush Wednesday is Cody Elaine Oliver, and she is here with us live in person. You may or may not recognize her or her voice, depending on if you're listening or watching. Um, she is, what would you call, are you the producer? Thank you for asking, because no one no one knows. Um, so I am the co-creator of Black Love Inc. and the Black Love docuseries, co-creator with my husband, and I am the director. I direct every episode. Okay, there you have it, from oh, her mouth to that. your ears. Um, and I, I hope you guys have checked out Black Love docuseries from this last season. Glenn and I were featured, one of the couples featured in the, in the uh, series, and... It's just a beautiful series all in all. I feel like it gives us a lot of insight to um, black love and it, it it highlights black love, but I feel like it's just love across the board, really. Um, I feel like there are stories in there that people, whether you are black or not black, um, can relate to. And there's just a lot of love, authenticity, laughter, just all the things, all the feels when you are watching. <laughs> What'd you say? vulnerability yes vulnerability in there and that is what i love about it and i was so excited that we were on it this last season i was like oh yay i didn't even you know like you guys came and um interviewed us and i was like i don't know if we're gonna make the cut and then we really? made the cut yeah i don't know do you guys ever cut a couple yeah yeah <laughs> yes, yes, see yes. i knew it was a possibility yeah i always am like worst case and i'm not always worst case scenario but i can think along those lines sometimes yeah but yeah so guys i i have cody on here for a lot of reasons she's my woman crush wednesday because I feel like she just gets stuff done. Like she just be doing all the things she is. And you know, I will say this. I don't know if it's going to be offensive or not, but um, <laughs> do you know the first time like we were in the same room? I feel like we talked about it when we did the interview. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Moms in Color. Yeah, it was like Moms that. in Color. Mm -hmm. So it was a Moms in Color event when I like got to hear you talk or you were actually leading the panel, but you were sharing oh, a little bit. Oh too. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and you were very um, pregnant. What the hell was the topic? Oh, I was pregnant on that one? Yeah, you guys were. I was secretly pregnant. <laughs> no, you were very pregnant during that one. Um, It was like they had ice cream and it was like a hatch. Is it hatch gal? Hatch? Mama? Yes. Oh, the blue dress. I yes. was very pregnant. That was a sweet event. Yeah. Shout out to Moms in Color. Yeah, I that love Moms in Color. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was the first time I got to interact with her. And then they came to our house to record our segment for Black Love. And, and then I've just been able to kind of develop a relationship with you. And I feel like Cody is one of the most genuine people that I have met. Like, I feel like, okay, so when I think of you, I think of Hollywood. <laughs> like, you get to interact. I mean, like, I have a huge crush on Sterling K. Brown and his wife. 
and you get to like interact with them. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, but she is not that person. She is very um, real and down to earth and genuine. And I just love that about her because sometimes you meet people and you're like, oh man, you're whack. So um, it's really cool to see that like who you are is who you are, you know? And I just appreciate that about you. I also admire her as a wife and a mother and a, a businesswoman who is just getting stuff done. And that is why I had to have her on um, Yvette Unplugged. I was like, oh, obvious conversation we need to have. Yeah, but I call you for advice. <laughs> what does that mean? It's both ways around. It goes both ways. <laughs> so today, or do you have anything you want to say before we get into the conversation? No. Okay. I think that like everything you said, I really appreciate it. And um, I think that that's me, right? Like I started Black Love because I wanted more transparency around relationships. Yeah. I can't help but be like, you know, word vomit on it a lot of times. And so I just, that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. So today I chose three questions. I chose to have this conversation by asking her three questions. And so I'm just going to jump right in. The first question I asked, I want to ask you, Cody, is I'm saying it in the way of who or what, like you can answer it however it makes sense to you, but who or what did you want to be when you were young, younger? But actually, before you answer that kid question, who were you when you were younger? Like what, which kid were you? Which kid was I? It's, <clears throat> oh girl, this is, this, we could do a whole hour on that. So it's very strange because my, I look back and I don't know exactly who I was from the standpoint of, there was a lot happening and not everybody's a lot. Let me be real clear. I had a very wonderful life, but my parents, I grew up with uh, married parents until I was 11 and they separated and my and I and it was shocking to me like I had no idea yeah. and I found out that my dad was an alcoholic and was going to rehab like all of this in a one fail swoop didn't have a clue like this is not my experience um and then one year later my sister went to college so I was 11 turning 12 and I grew up with married parents and then essentially had these divorced parents who lived in different houses and I had to go back and forth and so like a lot of my memory of like who I was, was like what I was navigating. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was like a kid and did like kid things, but everything in my life was around this shift. Mm. And I don't remember a lot before the shift. I just remember like being blindsided. And um and then the rest of the time <laughs> was like going to school, but also getting to know my parents in this new environment where I was like alone with them all the time because my sister was in college. So it's like now it's like me and my dad instead of there's no bumper, you know, there's like, you know, and, and you're having periods and you're having like things and growing and coming of age and, and my daddy's dating and my mama's dating. It was just a lot. Um, and so who was I like? I only can think of it in comparison to things like my sister was a little bit more of like a party girl and like, you know, and I was a little bit more just observing everybody. Um, I also, fun fact, when I was in, I don't know, middle school, I was acting. Oh. <laughs> I was in a local like, theater in Fort Worth, Texas. 
And um, I did plays. I was on The Wizard of Oz and Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Wow. And then I was on a TV show. I know, so random. I was on a TV show called Wishbone when I was in sixth grade. It aired when I was in seventh grade. And, but I played sports. I'm just giving, okay, I'll, I'll wrap this up, I swear. But I played sports. So I I'd had a lot going on, right? I had three, like volleyball, basketball, track, and I was acting and I had to make a choice between them because acting takes a lot of time. You have to go to auditions and all that. So I played sports instead. I stopped acting. So there was just like a lot happening. And who I was, was probably a person who was creative super like sensitive. I read Ayanla books when I was, I swear, 13, you know? Um, so that's what I was. And I didn't know what, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to be. Um, I knew I wanted to be like, I don't know. I want to say I knew I wanted to lead. I was also in Jack and Jill. And so I was running for offices in Jack and Jill. How was I doing all of this? I know. I'm like, and where is that in me now? <laughs> But yeah, there was just a lot happening. And I think I was just wrapped up in like whatever made me happy because it was it could sometimes be fleeting with everything that was sort of unstable at home. Um, and again, I realize still a very charmed life, not unstable like many people would consider unstable, but just this uncertainty, this awkwardness, this this shift um, that was so different. My parents didn't like each other. It was a thing. So I was just trying to trying to figure it out. What sports did you play? I did volleyball, basketball, and track from third grade to to when I graduated high school. Well, to when I tore my ACL um, in senior year. Okay, so when I listen to you talk about your childhood just now, and I and I think about like who you are now, I feel like there is a level of busyness <laughs> like I feel like you got a lot going on now but you had a lot going on in your childhood as well and so do you how do you think that relates and yeah do you think that it was something that in your childhood you're like this is just the way it is and now it's carrying over into your adulthood or am I reading the situation the wrong way Tell me. no I would say first let me say I've never thought about it but I will say, and I may have even told you this, um, I've been saying for years as an adult, when things slow down, dot, 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 when things slow down. And I looked up one day, probably a year or two ago, and I was like, oh my God, I've been saying that like since grad school. Like I've been saying that for 10 years. <laughs> um, and hold on, I'm going to lock this door so y'all don't hear or see these children. <laughs> It is likely to happen over here too. But um, there probably is some correlation. There probably is some correlation. But I couldn't, I don't have the psychoanalyst right, anal analyzation right now from the standpoint of like, part of me is like, maybe just the hustle and bustle made me feel good because, you know, things, you know, I was distracting myself from what was going on. Like, I don't have that because it's not really the same. Um, I don't know. I mean, that, that's a whole nother podcast episode is like, I wonder why that is. Um, I really don't know. The, the interesting thing that I think I just discovered about you within this last year is that you and Tommy have only been married how long? Six years this February. 
So you guys, yeah. well, actually, that's quite a bit of time. But you guys have been married six years, and your oldest son is four. Four. So your oldest son mm-hmm. is the same age as my daughter, and you just had twins. Mm-hmm. So you went from one yes. to three in the yep. matter of a short period of time. And um, I've heard it said that motherhood can be the biggest identity thief. But when I look at you, I don't see that as being the truth. Like, I see you as being, again, this is from the outside looking in, so you correct me, of course. But I see you as being someone who is a really good mom. Like, I look, I'm so sorry, I can't think of your oldest name, Brooks. I look at that little boy and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's a genius. Like, I'm behind. This boy is super smart. And... Your boy, your twins seem to be growing up really well, like just doing really well, adapting to life together and even life with Brooks and with you guys. And I'm like, man, you're killing it as mom and you are still doing what you're passionate about. You're still highlighting um, these people's stories in a way that just does them so much justice and it's just so beautiful. And so I'm like, okay, so how have you, like, I guess my question the question that I'm trying to ask is how have you been able to navigate like still being a quality mother and this career woman? <clears throat> that, was the, that was the dramatic uh, throat clearing, right? Um, so I'll say a couple of things about that. Um, I First off, no one should compare anyone to Brooks. Brooks is unique. Like we can't even compare the twins to Brooks. It's dangerous. To yeah, so, you know, definitely don't. Um, and we've had to learn he is very special and it is part us, but greatly him. Um, but as far as me and motherhood, motherhood was something that I always, always knew I wanted. I don't remember a time when I didn't. And it was something that I also um, prepared for even when I had no man. Um, it prepared for me. Like I was always watching parenthood and parents and kids public, like out in public or people that I knew always watching, preparing myself for the things that could happen. Good, bad, weird, awkward, um, sad. Like every, I mean, in, you know, like really in dark ways, but also just like, okay, this is what it looks like. Okay. This is what you do when they do this. Oh, okay. Sometimes you're going to get peed on. Okay. Sometimes they're going to scream in the mall, like, like crazy stuff that I just had in my head that I was just like, this is what it is. So whatever happens is just fine. And, and so I always say that, like, I made space for that. Um, when I was, whatever, when I was working, when I was in grad school, I made, dating a priority or finding someone. So sometimes it was dating, sometimes it was online, sometimes it was just telling people I made dating a priority so that I could find my husband and get married and have babies. And I made space for like what the sacrifice would look like to have those babies. Um, I made space for like, what if I can't have babies? How will I, you know, like all of it. And so that's just one area. I know it's just one area where I wouldn't say like, I feel like I've got it together, but it's never been a, a burden or like a, um, it's just one area that is the most accepted area for me where I'm like, well, I got to sacrifice somewhere else. Cause I know what this is. Um, 
And that's, that's probably good and bad because I'm in a place now where like, to your point, you're saying like that I'm juggling all these things or that I'm, that I'm raising these kids well, and that I'm pursuing my passion and telling these stories well. And I would say right now, and it's overdue, so probably for a couple of years, but right now I'm trying to figure out what does this look like going forward? How do I, first off, what amount of time am I comfortable away from my kids working? What, um, and I'm not even just talking about like travel. I'm talking about like from from nine to six or is it nine to 11? Because sometimes I work late. Do I put them to sleep? Do I not like the little detail, those sorts of things. So right now I'm like, how much time am I comfortable away from them? Why or why not? Because, you know, you have your time, but then you're like, wait, why do I, the kid don't care. Why do I care about that? Right. Actually, I will tell you an interesting conversation I had with a friend this weekend who has three kids and see what you think about it. But I say that to say I'm figuring that out right now, literally, because we have we have a nanny. I I like I try to be transparent about it, um, but we have a nanny and it's necessary. And I'm uh, and, but then I'm like, well, how much more time do I need? I have a nanny, you know, but there's a lot going on. So I'm trying to answer that question. I have not answered it, but I want to ask you something. So I was talking to my friend who has three kids. She she and her husband have three restaurants in Dallas, Fort Worth. And I was like, so what do y'all do? I mean, she's giving me like from this hour to this hour, I do this and then the nanny comes and then da 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 And um, we were talking about how she has decided like bedtime is not that big of a deal for her, right? And I was like, ooh, I, I, bedtime. So like, I feel like, go putting your kids to sleep. I realized in this conversation with her, because I do try to make that a priority, I realized in this conversation with her that I, and then I said, we, and then you tell me what you think, but I feel like we as parents or moms kind of romanticize bedtime. Like I'm going to read to them every night and they're going to remember these moments and these books and tucking each other in. I mean, uh, me tucking them in, but bedtime is really like fighting to put diapers on and take diapers off. And did you just poop after I changed you? And, you know, and then they don't want to go to sleep. So they're running around the room or, or my oldest, who's not a, you know, a baby. So he's like moving slow and you're arguing about how many books and then, you know, like bedtime is not that cute. Right. It's not. And then by the time he does sit down to read, I'm falling asleep. And he's like, no, Like, I kind of realized that as much as I think bedtime is sweet, it's kind of a mess and not necessarily where my two hours should be in the evening. Like, maybe I should let the nanny, like, get them ready and then I give them a kiss and walk out. (laughs) I don't know, but I'm trying to figure out what what my options are. Cause, Cause that ain't cute. Last night, you know, that's funny. <laughs> See, here's the thing about us: we have a nanny as well, and we. The main reason that we got one was because we are choosing to homeschool, and so um, I have four kids, and so when I'm doing school with the boys, and then the other two are like, you know, it's just like ah, it's so much, and so it was like I can't do this without help. And so um, the thing about it is most of the time, most of the time, because it's not always like this, but most of the time I am home with the kids all day. And so by the time bedtime arrives, it is my firm belief (laughs) that my husband should be responsible for bedtime every night of the week, every night. Like, I don't care. 
Just every night of the week. I know you had a long day, but I've been with them all day. Like the least you can do is just, you know, put him to bed. But he does not agree. So <laughs> we have we have designated nights. In fact, this weekend we were debating because I was like, dude, I feel like I put him to bed more times this week than usual. Um, but I don't know. Like for me, you do. I do believe that we romanticize bedtime to be this thing where we're going to like be curled up in bed and reading a book and they'll fall asleep as we read the book. And I feel like that's how so many of the movies portrayed it to be growing up. And I don't remember these younger years of being a child, like being a child, the age of my kids are, but I do remember my dad, like he, we had this big, it was huge. It was like a big brown children's Bible. And my dad would read to us from that Bible to the point that to this day, I'm really upset that they didn't save that for me to have for my kids. So I like, as a grown up, I do remember bedtime being like a sweet time. But how long did he do that? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was over by the time I was like in seventh grade or like, but you know, like six but it was at an age or at least even if he started when you were a baby, it continued yeah. to a point where you do remember because, yes. you know, whatever, first, second, third grade, like you have those memories. You don't really remember when you were two and you read it. You just know that he did. True. You know? And it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the twins, like the twins actually have a pillow that they move to be like, lay here. Like they move the pillow and then they push you down to read the book at an awkward angle. And then one of them will sit like right here on my chest, not like an appropriate area that's comfortable. Like I can't breathe. You sitting on my chest and the other <laughs> one will like lay next to me here and one's looking up and they like, they're not. And, or sometimes both of them will sit on my chest and stomach. And last night, just to give you an example, they were sitting there and they were going like this and they were jumping on my chest and my stomach. And they thought it was funny. <laughs> none of that is, none of that is fun. It's just not. It hurts. I thought I had. I thought I had the. That sounds like. Oh my gosh! No, yeah, I don't know. And that's another like that's a good point that you bring up is that like our parenting can look different than other people's. What works for us doesn't necessarily have to work for other people, and our priorities don't have to necessarily be other people's priorities which I think is something I'm myself am trying to navigate. Cause I'm like, I like doing this podcast. Like there are a lot of women who listen and who like will reach out to me and be like, Oh my gosh, I really need to hear that. And right now this podcast isn't making money. This podcast is literally a hobby. And so sometimes it's like, why am I making time for this? Cause when I'm saying yes to this, I'm saying no to them. But so much of my time is, them. You know what I mean? saying yes to yourself. You are yeah. doing this right here because you enjoy it. You need yeah. it as much as the, as, as the people who listen. So you're yeah. saying yes to yourself and that's how we have to reframe it. And I don't mean that like I got it figured out. I mean like I have to tell myself that every day. I mean, mm -hmm. I, sometimes I don't. I'll be honest. Like I have to tell myself that after this conversation, I'm like, I told that, that we got to say yes to ourselves. You know, like <laughs> So it is a constant reminder. I, I don't know. I think maybe moms of older kids like get it at a certain point and they just move on. But like right now, I think we're in that yeah. phase where we're like, oh, okay, okay. I got to remember that. <laughs> and then you forget. And then you remind yeah. yourself. 
until it becomes, it becomes muscle memory. Yeah, no, that's a really good point that we are like, I'm not saying no to them. I'm saying yes to me. And that's okay. Yeah. I actually, it's funny because I'm look. I have this book right next to me. I don't, have you read this? No, I love one by Danny Silk. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. It's so good. <laughs> but one of the things that he says, I'm going to try to um, pull it up. He says like in setting those relational boundaries, it's really important that we learn to love ourselves. And I know like people, self-care has kind of been like, oh, self-care, self-care. It's becoming kind of a um, overused. I don't want to say that. Can I say that? I mean, I don't know how to say it. I, well, I have a thought. I don't know if it's what you were thinking, but I feel like it's used a lot. And maybe what you're feeling is what I'm feeling, which is like, it, people think it has to look like something, right? Self-care is yes. like your bath with your candles and your face mask. And somebody asked me about self-care the other day. And I was like, self-care for me, because I right now I'm not giving, I don't have, or I'm not giving myself the luxury of some of those things. I don't feel like I have the time, but self-care for me is giving myself grace. You know, self-care for me is like speaking to myself better than I have been right? Like baby steps. And so I think we yeah. self-care has become like a marketing term, right? Like a buzzword yes. as opposed to a really thoughtful yes. approach to loving yourself. Ooh, I just thought of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really good. Like for me, self-care is me showing up here to record this podcast. Like to be able to dialogue with another woman who is dealing with some of the same stuff that I'm doing and getting insight from your experience, or even for me to be able to, because I don't know if you've ever listened to an episode, but I feel like sometimes I'm just kind of vomiting out like everything that's just I'm processing or dealing with, but that is a form of self-care for me. And so I think that that too, like it doesn't have to look like an eye mask or a face scrub, you know, it's just showing up for yourself yeah whatever it looks like yeah whatever it looks like and I think sometimes when we do that we're able to show up for other people better yeah so yeah that's good thank you for sharing that no totally I'm I'm actually looking at your space I'm like self-care is and this may not be the case for you but self-care is creating a space that you want to be in Yes. You know, whether it takes you an hour or it takes you a week or more to put it together, it's a space that you right. want to be in. Like it, self-care right. should be me cleaning this room so I don't have to sit in an awkward position and cover up this box. <laughs> but, you know, I still got my affirmations on the wall. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, okay, so who are you now? Like, who would you say you are now? How would you... If you were to give yourself like an introduction, who is Cody? Oh my God, an introduction. Um, oof. I would say in short, Cody is a girl's girl, a mom, and a black woman, um, and a wife. Uh, <laughs> but I would, and I say those things because. They are what I live every day, right? Like I need my time with my girls in terms of phone or text even. I am, I wake up and, and uh, like they're trying to get in this locked door. Hold on. I don't even know. Oh, right. Okay. Well, who am I? <laughs> See? Good. All the time. 
Because that is real life. Because they will be with their dad and then just come and be like, Mom, where is that thing? I don't even know about. I don't even know about it. Um, but yeah, that that is that is me because that's really how I show up and what I bring every day. Thankfully, I'm I work in a space where I'm able to like lean into all of that um, via black love and storytelling around relationships and family and self-love, you know, because black love, the series is about what it takes to make a marriage work with black love, our brand as a whole, our socials, our various digital series, um, our app, you know, is about black love, period, love of community, love of family, self-love, you know, dating and partnership, of course. And so I get to show up and ask questions and um, engage with people, my team, or with our audience like every day. And um, I just really enjoy that. And I'm, and I'm grateful that it's like who I am and I don't have to conform or, you know, I don't have to be in spaces where I'm not authentically me. That's a beautiful part of what you do. Okay, so then who do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Um, look, I have like a an answer that's like a joke. I mean, it's not a joke. I was going to say Maddie James. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Do you follow I Maddie? Do. So I'm obsessed with Maddie right now because she just, and I say appears to be, I know her well enough. Like she's very authentic and sweet, but- what I'm getting at is that she is very organized. You know, we're going to actually have a call because <laughs> I really want to talk through it. But, you know, she's very, she's got three kids and she's married. She's very organized mm-hmm. and, um, and able to be efficient and productive mm-hmm. via her discipline and her level of organization. And so who do I want to be when I grow up? Not Maddie specifically, because I'm comfortable with who I am. Mm-hmm. But I certainly want to learn from people like that mm-hmm. who are able to, I'm really grateful, as I mentioned, to be able to be authentically me in my work and to raise these beautiful kids and to be married to this like incredibly smart, thoughtful human Um but I certainly want to be able to do all of those things without this level of anxiety that I have about like, oh, the things I'm forgetting to do. And um, just, just, I want to be a more efficient and organized person so that I'm not saying A, when things slow down, or B, constantly going, ah, oh, when I remember the things that I forgot to do that day, every day. Yeah. So sad. <laughs> yeah, I, so that's I really, my name. That's who I want to be. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciated your post the other day. It's been a while now. But where you were like, at the end of the day, we need to start focusing more on like what we did accomplish versus what we didn't. Because for me, mm-hmm. thing, I follow Maddie James as well. And I'm like, is she really this organized or is this just something she's selling us on social media? So. I'm totally gonna ask her about it. Totally. How far along with you? No, what is it? Because she does, and then I just saw that she had her she her husband is now coming on as the CEO, and that's a thing in itself. Like being able to work with your husband in that way is just amazing. 
But um, I think we do need to give ourselves more credit for the things that we are doing versus the things that we are not doing, which is much easier said than done. It is. It is much easier said, child. Because there's still people. Like, frankly, there's people. There's emails I haven't responded to and, like, people I got to say no to. And there's, you know, that human cost, I guess, of, like, knowing like okay i need to be more organized more productive more efficient but i gotta tell this person you know oh sorry i didn't respond to you for a week um also i have learned i don't do it very well but i'm trying to do better instead of saying sorry that i didn't do this or that i'm late thank you for your patience saying that yeah i've been trying to train myself to do that yeah, I don't remember where I heard that, but thank you for your patience. Not, I'm sorry that I did not X, Y, Z. Or even not even apologizing for not being able to do something. Like, I think sometimes you're, we're like, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry, but I can't. No, you just can't. That's just the boundary that, like, it seeps into yeah. some space or whatever that you cannot let them into. So, therefore, you cannot. And that is okay to say no. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So usually when I end the podcast, I share like, I'm like, I just want to leave you guys with encouragement or whatever. And I feel like this has been a very um, encouraging episode, but I did want to ask you and you do not have to have an answer. I did not give you this question ahead of time, (laughs) but what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oof. Man. Hmm. I really don't know because I think that different things suit you at different times and different seasons. And there's probably no one thing that I'm just holding on to. And this season. Um, I would say, and I don't remember who said it, but something that I started doing, had to do when I was pregnant with the twins um, was give myself grace. And I still say it and try to do it now. I mean, when I was pregnant with the twins, it was 2018. So that was a little over two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just a time when there was a lot happening at once, professionally. Mm-hmm. We were launching the website. We were in the middle of season two of Black Love. Um, we, we own the show, so we do all of our own marketing, um, which is just an extra step when it comes out. You can't just like sit back and do interviews, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and... And I was pregnant with twins. Oh, and we were planning the Black Love Summit. And I have a husband who's like extremely efficient and productive. And so there was a whole lot of, why haven't you done this? And why haven't you done that? And why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you thinking of that? And I had to at some point just be like, because I'm not. (laughs) And just be okay with that. I had to be okay with that because I knew he wasn't. You know, so like I had to be okay with where I was and what I was doing. And so I try to remember that now. I try to take that into every day now um and that is self-care for me mm-hmm. and that is certainly shifting I, I won't stop giving myself grace but it's i think shifting into more specificity and mm-hmm. that specificity is some of the stuff that we talk about you know just um figuring out how to you know take to, to what did we say Not, uh, prioritize myself choose myself right yeah, yeah, yeah. choose me um Instead of feeling like I am saying no to someone I love, right? Yeah. I'm just choosing me, which is somebody I love, right? Yeah. Um, child is back at the door. Okay. Who is it? Sounds like maybe Tommy. 
Well, thank you so much. I'm not going to take up more of your time. I feel like this is a solid episode and that we, I just enjoyed talking to you in general. Um, so I look forward to more conversations off camera. But uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to go ahead and just stop now. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Cody as much as I did. Um, Cody is a beautiful, beautiful person, both inside and out. And I just love that the work that she's doing within the black community um, in telling our stories, her and her husband together. Um, I just think that so many more of these stories need to be told because and it's and the crazy thing is, yes, they highlight stories specifically about Black people, but the stories are so relatable across all cultures. Like, um, I think that whether you're Black or not, you can relate to a lot of the things that come out in their docuseries and even on um, the content they release on their website. And it's cool to like just have it normalized in the Black community because I think that what they are doing is breaking through so many stereotypes of what it means to be black in America and across all of all over the place. Um, but one of the things I wanted to highlight in closing this podcast from what Cody said is honestly, when I look at that woman, I am like, she is amazing. It's obvious that she loves on her kids and that they love her and that um, she is just a great mom. She's a great wife. And she is also like pursuing the things that God has put before her as passion. And it's amazing to be able to observe. And of course, you know, it's from the outside looking in. But from what I do know about Cody, she really is the real deal. And so um, her her tidbit of advice or like the thing that she's carrying in this season right now about grace. I just thought that that was that was really good. <laughs> Because even in um, even in my own life, I feel like that is something that I am trying to apply in that, um, like even today, we recorded that podcast before I had to get the house ready for co-op. And you know, when people are coming over to your house, you want to like have your house look a certain way. And I feel like I've gotten to the point where, yes, I do try to straighten up before or whatever, but if some things are out of place, they're out of place. Like, so what? We can still do co-op. These kids will still learn. <laughs> and um, the women, the mothers of the kids that do co-op with my kids, they aren't going to judge me about what's going on in my home or whatever. They're going to still love me in spite of. And so, so much of the pressure that we put on ourselves is about, is, is, it is us. It's us. Like we are the ones that are guilty of putting all this pressure on us. And I feel like I am finally starting to realize that and understand that. And it's allowing me to have a little bit more grace for myself. And so with that said, as I close, um, listening to her talk about that reminded me of, of a passage that I feel like I've shared here before, um, probably last year more so. But I... Um, I, when I think about the pressure that I put on myself, I specifically think about like, okay, I'm a mom. So my children have to like 
be pristine and wonderful and great, or I'm a business owner. And so the, the, the business that I do needs to be whatever, like these are all different fruits of, um, there's a lot of different fruits that come of the things that I, the roles that I play, if that makes sense. And so when I was listening to her talk, it kind of reminded me, I'm again, y'all, you know, I like to read. (laughs) It reminded me of, um, when in my She Reads Truth Bible, which I have talked about before, and I will again paste the link in the show notes below, below and I will also include um, all of Cody's information in the show notes below. I forgot to have her um, shout herself out, but I will put that in the show notes below if you want to follow along in her journey on Instagram or in all the places. But um, I there is a passage in in the She Reads Truth Bible when you look at John chapter 15, there is a devotional over to the right. And there is one portion of it that I want to read for you guys. And then I'll talk to you about why I felt like I needed to read it. But here it goes. Yes, bear fruit. Yes, love others. Yes, give grace to a world that will, that will misunderstand and even hate us. But look back through John 15. Jesus is not commanding his disciples disciples to bear fruit. The command is to remain. When we remain, when we abide in the never-ending, unconditional, forever love of Christ, then the fruit will come, but only then. We bear fruit when and only when we are grafted into the true vine. His Holy Spirit in us is the fruit producer. We are simply the branches who have the privilege of displaying his fruit. Jesus Christ comes to make us new. He comes to redeem the dead branches that we are and give us abundant life, remaining in him, resting, dwelling, abiding in him is the only source of our strength, our goodness, our fruit. Let's focus our eyes on the true vine today. Let's be about the business of remaining in Jesus and trust his spirit to be about the business of bearing fruit in our lives. And the reason I read that, and if you guys, you guys should definitely go back and read John 15. It is a wonderful passage of scripture. Um, But the reason I'm reading that is because a lot of the times that we um, are able to like get to the end of the day and look at all the things that we didn't accomplish versus all the things that we did accomplish is because we are like, man, I need to get this done, get this done, get this done. And a lot of times those things may be like, fruit that we're hoping to come into fruition. And I think that the thing that we really need to um, remind ourselves of is that it's so important to just remain in the presence of God. I read in my Jesus Calling devotional, I don't remember what day it was, but there was one thing that was basically saying, this is a summary, all of my own words. It was basically saying, hey, if you make time for me, if you sketch out room in your day to invite me in so that we can just, you know, have that quality time because that's the Lord's love language. Then you just watch and see what I do with your time. You just watch and see what I do with your time, right? And so this particular um, note from this devotional, I'm just like, yeah, like if we just have a little bit more grace with us, uh, with ourselves and like just allow the Lord to just be in the midst of our days, then let's just see like what happens. 
with that time. Let's see the fruit that he is able to produce. Um, for the longest time, I don't know if that was last year or the year before, but my scripture was his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. That was something that I just kept repeating and repeating to myself. And um, Cody reminded me of that this morning. And so I'm just grateful for our time together. I am per usual grateful for y'all listening in on this conversation. Um, I'm super excited to continue to sit here and show up for y'all and for me. (laughs) Um, That was another sweet reminder today is that even though, yes, you may hear the kids in the background sometimes, which means that I'm not necessarily um, right there with them, but they are okay. They are okay. Um, I need this podcast just as much as anyone who chooses to listen on a weekly basis needs it. And so I know that you could be listening to anything else or anyone else. You could have anyone else on your car ride or with you as you're washing dishes or on your morning walk or whatever it is. But I appreciate your ear. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, And I look forward to chatting with you guys next week. Be blessed, give yourself some grace and know that the Lord's grace is sufficient in your life and that he is the fruit producer, not you. So just abide in him and all these things shall come to pass. Um, I truly do love and appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. Happy hump day, y'all. I'll see you.